0: Welcome to The Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and you've tuned in to the right place to up-level in your life and business. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Lila Life Show. This is your host, Linda Andrews, and I am here with the beautiful, amazing Flos LaPierre, and she is founder of Right to Heal, and she's amazing and we're still trying to figure out where cosmically or etherically or whatever, we're related, I don't know, but uh, divineness has brought us together and uh, this episode is going to be power packed. and perfectly unusual, so buckle up or whatever. Uh, (laughs) Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so good to have you here. Uh, So I was putting out my call for podcast guests and you you wrote me back asking if we could unpack, and I'm gonna not try to recite perfectly, so if you wanna say, but we're, we're coming to the terms of death and also suicide ideation and life. I have to say life because I think that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of these topics could be heavy for some listeners. So I urge you to number one, check in with yourself that you feel in a safe space to receive this conversation. And if not, that's okay. Or maybe you'll come back to it. Uh, Or maybe you'll find that perfect moment that you've received what you needed. and, And maybe not, I don't even know what's about to happen. So I'm just saying that as like some of these topics can be, um, Quite sensitive, and we want to be able to have these conversations because, because, because,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because. So, I'd love to hear from you why this is on your heart and mind, and what brought you to the show today.
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, first of all, love Linda. I love this show. <laughs> um, so, what brought me essentially is when you started talking about kind of your crisis doomsday a state of mind on the podcast and you just went there Mm -hmm. and it was so deep and I'd been thinking a lot about suicide ideation because it's something I've struggled with on and off for 10 years basically when I was younger I experienced a lot of pretty severe trauma Mm -hmm. and at as my younger self I don't think I understood the concept of being able to kill oneself Mm -hmm. so I often daydreamed about running away And then about 10 years ago, I started getting more into the idea of, oh, wow, you could literally end your life. And then so that became the fantasy for me. So somewhere along the way, it switched. And so on and off for 10 years, it's something I fantasize about. And it sometimes happens when there's big changes in my life. Sometimes it's for something that is seemingly minor, Mm -hmm. but because I've experienced a lot of traumas, things that are seemingly minor usually are connected to things that are much deeper for me and are not minor and are not as surface level as I would like to think they are. Um, But then recently I've realized, and you did this very well on the last episode, that the more that I talk about this feeling of suicide ideation, I brought it up in therapy and she didn't freak out. She was just sort of like calm. She asked me questions about it. She was very curious. Mm -hmm. And then I went home and I just had a casual conversation with my husband about the fact that sometimes I fantasize about killing myself or I fantasize about all of the ways someone can kill themselves. And I think to myself, well, I couldn't do it that way. I couldn't do it that way. And, um, or if things get really hard, I just think, what if I didn't exist? And so that's kind of that space of mind that's brought me here. And in talking to Jesse about it, my husband, and he didn't freak out. He also acted with curiosity. He's a very, he's very calm. And I throw a lot at him (laughs) (laughs) within the course of two years of marriage. He's just like, wow, you're, you know, but he's, he's so gentle and he's so curious. And um, as a result, I spent an entire week and a half where I didn't, and sometimes every week I process, like, what if I didn't exist? Like, this happens from, it's like part of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, for a week and a half, it didn't come up for me. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, maybe talking about it more helps. And I talked about it in therapy. And so that's kind of what brought me here. <laughs> long, yes. long answer, yeah to that question.
0: Well, I, I see all these threads of connection, certainly to the work that you're doing. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, and it, it's this like unlocking and, or freeing, you know, it, it's like, this is bad, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about shadow, like rejecting this part of self. And then it's like, oh, you know, and it, it's so interesting because I think a lot of people can relate and maybe maybe they can't even relate. They won't let themselves relate to what you're saying. As you're talking, I'm like, well, definitely have the thought of like, what if I wasn't here? Definitely contemplated all the different ways a person can die mm-hmm. and like would love to know like the way that I'll die. And maybe not necessarily through the lens of how I would do that to myself, but isn't that curious that like, exploring end of life just mm-hmm. in general right uh and then and then the actual and and this is something I was trained early on in psychology was like do you have a plan right and then that that and maybe you've been asked that question mm-hmm. and then that is a, a different part of the conversation and I think that and you one of the questions you posed is like which is leading me to explore my purpose and I still don't have the answer and this this piece is also so important because I think that there's this almost like misnomer of like, I'll uh, I'll find my purpose and then this will go away. Maybe like, wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. Or not? Like, why I say or not? Is is we've made suicide ideation bad? Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting anyone kill themselves. And I'm very sensitive to the conversation that we're having. And uh, there's a lot of layers to what we're discussing though, and being naturally curious about death. And I think actually one of our last conversations, this was coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, we've talked about death on the show because it happens. right? And it, this is really important. I had a, and I, forgive me if you've heard this story, but I'm gonna say it right now, It was important. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> this transformational moment with my dad. And I said, if mm-hmm. we got killed right now, someone killed us both right now, like, for whatever reason, it was a shooting in that moment. Uh, we would both be dead and we both have our beliefs about afterlife or end of life and that would happen. And everyone that's still here would be sad in theory that Mm -hmm. we aren't here anymore. And it was like this very intimate moment of like, oh, and even that could be such shadow, right? Of like the death piece. And uh, I'm just curious for you, like, a little bit of how it's been since all this is coming to light and why what what would you ascertain as like the importance of moving through it communicatively maybe even through writing I'm sure this will connect back to the work that you're doing but like
1: why did things change yeah I think and I think one of the things you talked about a little earlier is there there is a difference right like I've had to call a suicide hotline mm-hmm. once before when I was on Lexapro for having, you know, had extreme panic attacks at one point to the point where I couldn't function. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to be on medication and that's as recent as five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I also was on sleeping medication because anxiety wouldn't allow me to fall asleep at night. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm bringing that up to say that at that point, when I called the suicide hotline, I felt like I could easily swallow that bottle of pills. You knew the difference in that that, moment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When, where I think that's important, the conversation we're having is almost like fantasizing about not existing fantasizing about possibly killing killing oneself which is suicide ideation versus being suicidal Mm -hmm. which is like I have this exact plan I'm going to swallow this bottle of pills and like if I don't get help right now this might happen Mm -hmm. where I've been once in my life Mm -hmm. about five years ago Mm -hmm. and then of course there's the act of suicide where it's successful Mm -hmm. so like the conversation we're having right now in terms of wanting of fantasizing about not existing for me um Said a lot, so I'm gonna gonna speak um, to to what feels feels, um, important to unpack for me. I recently wrote this essay about it, like, well if I kill myself, this karma, like, where does the karma of self-death? Because I grew up Catholic Mm -hmm. and like, that's, that's insane. Like you kill yourself. That's a major sin. You're burning in hell. And like, that's, but then I think about like, is there a karma associated with it? So there's this big sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. to live. Mm -hmm. And there is a shame in that because if you don't want to live, Mm -hmm. which is like life is the most important thing is what our society tells us. And we don't have a choice over whether or not we exist. We just simply do. And this is the life we have. Um, there is some shame and some pressure attached to wanting, wanting to get to end your life, wanting to make things a little bit different. I think for me, what is different about verbalizing it is that I realize that I don't have to be ashamed, mm-hmm. that I realize it's not abnormal. Like mm-hmm. I'm I 1st I, I have I've gone through some traumas and people who go through sexual trauma commit suicide. Mm-hmm. People who go through familial um issues like like I experience in family abuse will tend to commit suicide more than the rest of the population. So I'm not Unfortunately, I'm not unique in this. Mm-hmm. And so like acknowledging that and that I'm not a complete weirdo, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I feel like it at times has for me been incredibly freeing. And even with the work of Right to Heal and writing and therapy, I still process it because I'm this human who has <laughs> all this stuff that's been in here for who knows how long and I'm healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. This um, There's so
0: many distinctions I'd like to make but I felt like I got into the, the moment. Um, <laughs> this this the distinction even of making the jo- the choice and versus like the ideation connecting to religious religion and like the perceived shame of religion uh in some of these decisions I think is fascinating um I, I want this to land we I had a conversation the other day with a friend and I said something along the lines of, we're always living and dying and then the response was something along the lines of not everyone believes in multiple lifetimes mm. and i said no 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 it's irrelevant if you do we're always living and dying and and then certainly when we zoom way out and pull in soul and pull in afterlife and pull in where you believe, right? I, I have such reverence for each human's belief system. And like, and, and when I was writing this episode, it was like life and death versus death and life, right? We're talking about death, but we're always living and dying. And and that for me has helped so much because yes, there's seemingly a difference between end of life of physical form, seemingly, isn't that curious?
1: That's, yeah, that's been hard for me recently too, because I've, there have been three important deaths in my, three people who've died in my family Mm -hmm. or within the close relationship in the last year. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of like the end of this physical, like I cannot touch any of them, Mm -hmm. but I don't believe they're dead. Mm -hmm. So there's like, it's like these weird, I don't know how to describe it because I want an answer, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, this is an answer. Like I can touch you. Mm -hmm but I can't touch them. So like, there's this. Well, and in, in that moment, even with my dad, it, it reminded
0: me of like, I, I'm a big angel person. I don't mm. know where they started coming. I don't see them. I sort of feel them. My godmother passed this year. I'm like, she's probably right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it, for me, there's almost this, Uh, there's this like acts, this infinite access on like a soul level that I feel period. And I can feel that energetically with you, whether you're next to me, or thirty minutes away, or not here physically. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is—I uh, think we're taking the physical form maybe more seriously than we need to. Yeah, seriously, exactly. yeah. uh, I think yeah. it's cool. Like I've, I'm enjoying the ride. Yes, you know, I, I cool. <laughs> And it, it's so interesting because uh, I think where I've landed with this, if I may share, is like if we're all God or in the image of likeness of God, or even you know in the in the non-dual traditions, what we would be all seen, right? There's oneness. Can I be in life looking at everyone from that lens? Either if if it feels too provocative to say. We're all God, because that will offend many. Mm-hmm. Can I say we're all in the image and likeness of God? Mm-hmm. And many of certain religious backgrounds are not living from that space. And and I would say many, if not all, of the teachings are actually saying that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to get into this unless you want to. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm like la- I'm, la- I'm la- already on Yeah, but we're <laughs> you know it's like we we quickly get into a world where it's as divisive as it can get, and yet it gets more divisive. These are all the things that are leading me to actually be like, you're not in the image or likeness of God. You're not God. We're separate. And I'm going to cling to that as, as every bit of me can prove. And I'm going to be in the world showing how separate we are all the time. And it's like, that that's been a jarring experience for me personally, because and I think there's a consciousness piece of this conversation, obviously, and there's much from the trauma lens that I think is worth unpacking, and for how long and at what uh what at what cost before we are really able to take that next step. And that next step, if this feels from like a religious lens jarring or the opposite, right? No religion jarring. Like you're welcome to substitute the language that you can meet Mm -hmm. this thought at. Um, But Mm -hmm. I really, for me, that's been like the keys to the kingdom of, of this sort of next level. And I would say it's like the allowance of really tapping into such curiosity. Can it all be okay? And can it come to like personal responsibility? You brought up karma. That's interesting to consider the karmic piece of this. Even if it's just within this lifetime, like this doesn't need to be this
1: mind blowing taboo thing. So I'd love to hear what's streaming for you. As you're talking about that, the thing that's popping up for me is oneness. Mm -hmm. So like, I grew up with the idea that we're made in the image of God as well, just growing up Catholic and having a lot of really, you know, Christian, Protestant, Presbyterian in my family, Baptist, Methodist, Mm -hmm. like Haitian Methodist, which is like super Saiyan Christian. So like, but then like as myself now, I don't consider myself any type of, I don't consider myself religious, Mm -hmm. but I consider myself really spiritual. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I've been exploring, like, what do other people believe? Even the Tai Chi we did together, like there's a belief in oneness, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and So the concept of oneness really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. and like, I think about it in terms of like even trees and how connected the trees are and the fact that they talk to each other through their root (laughs) system and through fungus. Mm -hmm. Um, That to me, is like that single tree that you see, the part of the tree that you see, first of all, is like a small percentage of what that tree actually is. Mm -hmm. And that one tree is connected to an entire system of trees that look and don't look like it. And it's looking out even for the young seedlings and little trees coming up. And actually, I just learned that trees will kill off, kill off a seedling if the soil doesn't, it doesn't provide enough nourishment for a new tree. Like if it's not going to survive. If it's not going to survive. Yeah. Which is just like, so there's even oneness in every aspect of nature. Mm -hmm. And I often see human beings reflected in nature and seeing oneness in nature, seeing war in nature, seeing beauty in nature, Mm -hmm. it reflects what exists for me in like this human existence. And so I see oneness through that lens. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I can see myself in the image of a dog mm-hmm. or a cat, and I do, I mean, that's I think that's why I'm so connected at times. Is I, I see myself in so many of these beautiful living things, energetic things, because that's all I am. I'm energy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that resonates for me. And I think it. I think if criticized religion, institutionalized religion that I grew up with, Christianity in particular, does us a disservice um, to not allow us to question and to not allow us to see ourselves as God, because it's blasphemy. Mm-hmm. um, I think it's a disservice, mm-hmm. because I think if we did, maybe we would care for ourselves a bit more, it, in each other,
0: it's it, 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 so, I, I've been sitting with this lately, it's like, the kingdom of heaven is here now, mm-hmm. you know, this could be a jarring thing to say, and and for all these reasons that I don't feel like needs to be gotten into. What I would like to get in, because we all know what they are, mm-hmm. right? But the kingdom of heaven is here now. Okay, you're not religious, sub in whatever feels like the equivalent of the kingdom heaven of heaven. Is here. Yeah. Heaven is here. How do I act in the world when heaven is here? And and this is like part two, I think, of the keys, because if this is heaven. I don't know. I'm curious. Like, what does life feel like if this is present? How do I act? And this is the challenge that I
1: put myself to every day is to like move through heaven today. I love that. Actually, one of the churches I sometimes do attend here is in West Palm mm-hmm. and it's Providencia. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how Keith, the pastor, preaches. And he d- has preached about heaven being here. And I think it's even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like it is. <laughs> He like he interpreted the scripture so differently than I'm used to it being read. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe in that. And I also think for me, when I for me, I talk about my spirit moving me. Mm-hmm. And it's like this idea of like, oh, if I want to walk around barefoot, right? Usually there's a voice that says flows do this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I listen to it and some, I can tell when it's a good voice mm-hmm. versus where it's like, oh, you don't, you know, something else. It's a whole but like, there's a voice that says like, you know, just take off your shoes, it's raining. And you really like a barefoot walk. Mm-hmm. And like I I do that and it leads me somewhere or like connect with Linda. Mm-hmm. And like, it leads me somewhere or just getting a random email from someone mm-hmm. or connecting and deciding to follow up in a way that feels authentic, authentic with my spirit. That to me is like the concept of heaven on earth mm-hmm. and like treating people kindly and with compassion and treating creatures with kindly and with compassion, treating myself, which I think like this whole conversation about like, the death of the old self, Mm -hmm. which I think is part of my suicide ideation Mm -hmm. as well, is like, how can I kill off Mm -hmm. these versions of myself that I don't like Mm -hmm. and start to create these versions of myself that could exist in this heaven? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not finding purpose, but it's just like being a little bit better each day. Yeah, it's the uh, (laughs) best.
0: The, the, can I do my best today yeah can I do my best today you know we're in these micro moments I love that you use that yeah the, the best this moment mm-hmm. right and it, I I kind of I don't know sometimes I think I have like a weird mind but you do. It's awesome though. Yeah. These micro moments,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because it, it's not like the norm. It's not, I couldn't go to, to a factory farm and pick up. That's why I'm, t- I always tell people, I'm like, she's a genius. let talk to her. When I talk to you, you literally shift paradigms for me. Like I'm not, it's not flattery for me. That's a truth. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not the only one, like Sarah, my sister-in-law, she mm-hmm. feels similarly, like you are, you shift paradigms. And for me, it's always for the better. hmm so no, your mind is is beautiful in the sense it's powerful. There's this uh, this is
0: yeah that's I I receive that thank you and um I think that genius is in all of us. Yeah, you know so it's it, I see it in you. There, see there you go
1: shifting yeah. hair. <laughs> you know we got right to here, You know, you're doing
0: it. But this, doing these micro moments. If I like to reduce things sometimes in ways that are digestible. So if I have a micro moment and I can be from zero to 100, Mm -hmm. what's the scale our mind can get? Mm -hmm. And I get, I don't know how many micro moments are in a day, but multiply it. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Zero to 100, right? Can I do my best? And maybe my best is 80. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right? Like that thought for me is so much freedom because if in my micro moment, I want to take a nap, I want to cuddle with the dog. I want to do nothing. I want to do tons of things whatever it's like it kind of doesn't matter and uh i just i think this life and death this life these cycles of life and death these parts of myself i'm looking behind you at the dry brush right Mm -hmm. the parts of yourself that are are Mm -hmm. flying off Mm -hmm. right to become anew as many times as you want to you know it it, it's just so beautiful and in this to me is the freedom and uh, I, I don't know, I, I think the shame piece of of probably some of these pieces of the conversation is worth addressing uh, because for so long in this example, right, it was like I couldn't talk about it, right? And I think sometimes, and I, I think we may share this, but the, I couldn't talk about it is because the sense-making hasn't been done. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I would be talking about one side could be the shame, but the other side could literally like not be the language. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't talk about what I went through until I talked about it because I was like, oh, I just went through that. You know, when I was in it, it all felt really normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm referring to sort of the depths of my own dark night of the soul within the pandemic, but uh, I'm, I'm having trouble landing this talking about death and life within the context of the many times this happens, this this could happen for a person every day Mm -hmm. or every micro moment. Mm -hmm. I think, and I've said this before, this is a secret to marriage Mm -hmm. because you're always new, you know, and I, I've, I've gotten sensitive, like, please don't put that projection on me. I'm a new human in this micro moment. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, so much freedom and it frees the other person from their stories. It frees, the other person being myself from my own stories. Right. And I think that the, the tough part in this is, uh, when you feel like the other person's not picking up what you're putting down.
1: Yeah. I I love what you just said about marriage, because I was just thinking Jesse and I were just having this discussion maybe two nights ago where he feels like I move so fast. Mm -hmm. And I do Mm -hmm. like, I have a million, I'm sure we all have a million thoughts in our heads, but I have a lot of things I want to do. And usually if it's something I'm excited about, or that's aligned with me, I go for it right away. Mm-hmm. So he will feel like he's still catching up with flows from yesterday, where I'm like, here, I'm this flows. And like, sometimes it's been more conversations about like commitment and like the vows we made to each other. And what does that mean? Because I don't, I don't believe in marriage in like the institutional sense either. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that monogamy works. Well, it works for me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know that it works for everybody. And it's not always something I've been interested in. So it's led to some really interesting conversations. And for me, it's like the best I can tell you is in this moment, this is how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. about you. In this moment, this is the desire that I have. That's all I can offer. Mm -hmm. And it's freeing for me. And I don't know if it's all the way freeing for him, we have to bring him in. But I, I think because certain systems like marriage, there's an expectation That doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so all we can have are these small moments where we're making decisions, I think that are best for us and maybe for the people we love, if that's the way we want to move through life. But that's been a game changer. And like, when again, when you like talked about it in your email, Mm -hmm. I was like, like, yeah, that connection, that affirmation, that confirmation was really like phenomenal for me Mm -hmm. with where I am in my life because I do change constantly. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so different than I was last year and I have no idea who I'll be tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I would, I think one side of it, there th- there has to be a piece of this that we,
0: we have to talk about the F word
1: here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a piece
0: of this that I think, um, it's like these undefined energies that are fear-based that like, you know, I could die in a car accident tomorrow. So does it really matter if we're monogamous tomorrow if I'm dead tomorrow in a, in a weird thought? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like maybe monogamy will always work. Maybe it won't. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, there's a freedom. And when it, it doesn't work, it would actually, I would imagine at that inflection point, it'd be working, whatever the decision would be. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, you know what? I, where I, this really came to light for me? This is weird, but have you watched The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston? I got a trial no. to Apple TV. Okay. I watched this movie, funny enough, going to a, like a woman's conference right before the pandemic kicked off and I binge watched it. And it was like the veil lifted. I was like, oh my Lord, I took on the energies of like the fear of cheating from all these other forces. And I saw through it and I was like, they paint the guy as this, they do this, both the women are hot, they're perfect. And I'm like, it's just too much. Like I gotta be perfect. I gotta be fit. I gotta be this, I gotta be that. And then he'll love me and want me forever and we'll be monogamous and we'll stay. And then he'll cheat on me and then my heart will be broken and I've been cheated on. And I mean, it's like, it's too much. And I just saw through this all so much. And I was like, oh wow there's some programs that yes. are being implanted that may have a lot of fear and in charge that like, you know, when you sit down and say like, I'm monogamous with you today, we'll see how I feel tomorrow. <laughs> like there's like freedom and you both can jive with that. But when we're like in the idea sphere of, and we're using monogamy as an example, you could, right. use it, any, could be, it could be anything. Changing the bed sheets. Yeah. It <laughs> could really be anything. And, uh, education i mean we could talk about any system yeah. that may feel like it could use some adjusting including change in the bed sheets yeah. uh but, but i think maybe to land this point is around um some of the energies that can you be in integrity with yourself with truth and connecting with that and and speaking to that and embracing change I see the other side happen where it's like the divorce and then it's like I believe in polygamy and 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 monogamy will never work and all the statistics why which could also be true anything could be absolutely right but are you in check with yourself
1: and what you need or are you like taking the millions of projections from everyone else and I think honestly that pers- that life for me that's a life lens and honestly that's one of the reasons I love my partnership with Mm jesse is no matter what i'm talking about whether it's this idea have about i have about a writing workshop Mm -hmm. there is this desire to explore it Mm -hmm. with me because i i don't i do feel like we're pre-programmed to behave in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. it's how i don't i don't do well in corporate environments in the way that they exist Mm -hmm. and so i've been freelancing for the last three or four years and for me that might mean walking a dog It it might mean copywriting it might mean you know um could mean a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, how can I exist in a way that is true to who I am in this moment? And a lot of systems, which I get because in order for a system to thrive, it needs some structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't believe many of us fit into the current structures and systems that exist. And so I want all of us to be little anarchists in the ways that we can to try to say, well, this doesn't work for me, but this might work for me. Mm -hmm. And to move on from there. And I think if we did that at every single capacity, I think the world would be significantly different. Mm I think about that even when I have there's like a server who's not good mm-hmm. I'm like well maybe the server doesn't actually want to be serving mm-hmm. maybe they'd rather be in the park playing the guitar mm-hmm. but they feel they have to have this job to pay their rent mm-hmm. which to me is like a misalignment and it's like something within our systems broken that this person is forced to do something they don't want to do and can't be their authentic self mm-hmm. but like
0: where do they go? Well, and then something in the system—I mean, predominantly is financially in the system, yes. right? And I—I I think about this all the time. Uh, you know, I am not educated on UBI, Universal Basic Income, and every single like political, economic, da 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 da. But I do believe—and hear me loud and clear when I say mm-hmm. this—that wouldn't it be amazing if instead of being in fight, flight, or freeze because you can't pay your rent that you knew you can have all your basic needs met through money. However that looks like, I could care less how it looks like. Uh, You know, we have water, we have air, we have nourishing non-GMO soil dense food, Mm -hmm. and we have money that covers our basic living needs. That's the world that I'd like to be a part of. And I believe we can have that for 8 billion. I believe we could have it for 10 billion. I believe we could have it for 100 billion humans. And I don't know if we'll ever see those numbers, or if you know, I get hate email and spam and delusion, whatever. Um, but that's you know, this critique of our current financial system. Can we talk about the role of stress mm-hmm. and the role of we're keeping people? Oh, that stress state is the fear state, mm-hmm. right? And so we're not accessing or processing clarity.
1: Uh, we're getting a lot of nonsense. Yeah, and I mean, if we, I was just thinking, even if I bring it back to the conversation of suicide ideation for me, when I'm in that state, it's because I feel like I can't live, I'm I'm stuck. I cannot live in the way I wanna live. There's some sort of fear of uncertainty in the future. Mm -hmm. And like some sort of need is not gonna be met. And maybe it's easier to just not exist. Maybe that's really dramatic. But I think even with folks who are struggling with depression or panic disorder, like what are their needs that are not being met? And like, what if they, if those needs are met and they can actually tap into some of the nervous system stuff mm-hmm. that is perpetuating this anxiety and this other stuff. And maybe that world will exist one day. It will, I'm I i, I I'm in 100% certainty yeah. that it will exist. And I
0: see glimpses of it uh, before the show closed and I were talking about timelines. Mm. And uh, I believe that as we all step into healing that we also decide it can only be done by the self. Uh is, is access to shifts. And when, when I'm saying healing timelines, it's just like a different outcome than what your past would have you perpetuate as the future, because mm-hmm. you've made a shift and the shift could be in healing and it could be healing and making amends and forgiveness. I mean, there's a lot there. Um, gosh, this is so good. You just said that with the suicide ideation around, you know, I feel I'm taking these words mm-hmm. and making them now, but like hopeless, maybe helpless. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. And uh recently in West Palm, we had a moment where, you know, our water, we had water issues and I felt some of this and mm. I felt such intense anger. And I felt like we're not getting to the heart of the issues. And if our air is filled with 70% mm. pesticides, mm. what the fuck else is, right. and and can't is talking about water. it and how many people on our 10 person committee is talking about this. And I, it, it, it's just such insane bullshit. Uh, and this is a little bit of like maybe the anger or maybe not, maybe it's a little bit of truth and, uh, and being willing to be like, Hey, we got a big issue. We got a big issue. And, uh, we need to look at this, but why am I talking about this? Cause there can be feelings of hopeless and then there can be feelings of hope mm-hmm. and all the ways it can change. And in that can be inspiration. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about the voice and that voice could be God, could be higher self, could be intuition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Language matters to the receiver. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that that tipping point from hopeless to to hope is with some space, and then usually some action. And uh, and then in all that can be a lot of freedom that uh, I think if you are in the hijacked state of the hopeless, Mm -hmm. when you can access that is really powerful. So people that may be finding themselves in hopeless, I think you have some tools that can help bring in some hope.
1: Yeah, I have. like what I did there? I love (laughs) what you did there. (laughs) Time for my plug. Um, Definitely writing. And I mean, it could be one of the ways is my workshop. but this is something you can do right at home with a notebook from the dollar store and a pack of pens from the dollar store. The physical act of writing on paper to kind of slow your mind down, get you to really process and recognize all of the stuff you have up here. Mm -hmm. Even for me, when I practice this, when I'm feeling usually like, oh my God, I don't wanna exist. The first place I go is my notebook. Mm. And a lot of the times when I'm writing, I'm like really writing, maybe I'll start out slow, but then it gets aggressive and all of these emotions are coming out. And sometimes the words are very big. Sometimes the pages get ripped up. And then once I'm done, it's an exhausting process. And I can often will look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was holding so much in this little body, in this little mind, and I just needed to get it out. And usually that feeling of getting it out, maybe it's just catharsis, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I start to feel better. It doesn't mean I have solutions mm-hmm. to that, to whatever's causing the problem, but then I can always go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I can say I had these really serious emotions. Here's either something I've written down or just be able to talk about it now with more language mm-hmm. because I've spent time writing it. The other thing writing is really good for when you're feeling in that state of hopelessness Is it information? Mm -hmm. So we have so many thoughts that, you know, come in and out of our brains. There's so many vibes and energies that we experience day in, day out, and we don't spend time analyzing them. So oftentimes for me, the issue is, oh, I'm not analyzing and I'm analyzing for me is helpful. Maybe it's not for others, but I tend to take things and really just break them down in my head and look at them and see what's happening. I use the writing as evidence mm-hmm. flows. You're feeling like this because of this, mm-hmm. And I didn't exactly realize I was doing the timeline thing you talked about, but I, <laughs> Like when, I, when something happens and I behaved in a way I would have rather not behaved, mm-hmm. when I write about it, I change the outcome. Mm-hmm. I write how I would have liked to act, mm-hmm. which to me is action. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. but it happened really because I'm, I'm saying it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, there's tons of like breathing techniques and other tools you can use to help heal yourself and process that hopelessness. But I also do think you have to make life changes. Mm-hmm. And it is by starting with some of those micro moments and micro steps.
0: Yeah, like the make a new choice can happen now. Absolutely. I love that you have that in your yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't even remember what the first inspiration was. Oh, it's actually funny. It was that there were cups being placed there that I didn't like. Oh. And so that make a new choice was to like not put the cups there. Mm. And then it's like this mantra that fills the house and it probably serves me, I'll speak for myself, it serves me a million times over and it's the reminder to always make this new choice. But um, I really... I think what you're talking about, you know, it reminds me of EMDR a little. Because, I've
1: done EMDR. Yes, yeah, you're
0: going in EMDR, and uh, many practitioners will take you into the traumatizing moment, and you'll you'll process that moment as is. But to me, I'm curious about this. Anyone that's an expert is like, can you go into the moment and change the timeline? And what you're talking about in the writing and writing how you would have preferred to act, um, if I'm saying that right, Mm -hmm. what you would have done now uh, with more information, it's, it's can you be in this reprogramming? I've mentioned Lacey Phillips before. She does these reprogramming exercises where she's literally taking you back to these dark spots, shadow, inner child, and you're rewriting these scripts. And then we watch this completely change in the physical world. And when you're saying like it didn't happen, but it did, if we can never go back to the past, it did happen the new way, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's like your whole system recalibrates
1: and now you're in yeah. a different space. Actually, I feel like there. this must be, I have done EMDR, so I know what you're talking about. And I'm sure like the woman who performed it would have a lot to say. But what this is bringing up for me is um, sex with Emily, Emily Morris. I love her podcast. And she recently, maybe it's an old one. Sometimes I watch, you know, listen to things Mm -hmm. three, four years ago where she had this therapist come on or she's a therapist as well, but they talked about breakups. Mm -hmm. So what happens is because our brains are trained to survive, which I'm sure you know, but our brains are trained to survive. And so when a negative thing happens, we hold on to the negative. Mm -hmm. Because we'll remember, Oh, this cup poisoned my brother. (laughs) therefore I will not touch it. And like it triggers, you know, something. And so we don't do this thing anymore, but we tend and to almost overcompensate maybe. Right. And so we tend to do something when something negative happens, like with a breakup, we'll be like, Oh my God, they broke my heart. And we'll tell the story to everybody. who will listen. We'll tell it to Linda, we'll tell Linda's neighbor. We'll tell it to Lily. We'll tell it to everybody. And then, and then, and then, and then it just reaffirms it. And sometimes in the case of someone ghosting you where you don't know what happened, mm-hmm. what the w- woman recommended is to just make up a story. Mm-hmm. He's like, It could be they, you know, something terrible happened to them, or it could be they had another family, just make up a story and it closes the chapter Mm. in your brain. And I was like, wow. And instead of, because then you're not reliving the negative Mm -hmm. thing or the negative thoughts or adding on or projecting feelings, you just give it a conclusion. It's sealed, it's done and you move on. Mm. Maybe that's why I started doing that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's powerful. You're, you're uh, closing the chapter and
0: yeah. Um, Well, Flo, this is so good. I think we could talk for so long. Um, I'm curious if you want to, first of all, mention how everyone can find you and engage in these Right to workshops. I'm a huge believer in pens and paper. I love pens a lot. Uh, and good paper, uh, but or any paper, and I think works too. But uh, you know, this the power of the writing, and I don't have enough of the language to talk scientifically what's happening. I just know I've read a lot about a lot that happens. So there's certainly the science if you want to go down the rabbit hole as to why to back it up. Uh, and if you just trust your intuition and you're feeling called it flows, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm loving this process too, of learning what writing does mm-hmm. and it, it really, it slows your brain down. So it's a mindfulness exercise, mm-hmm. but then it aff- affirms neurological pathways and can help you form new ones mm-hmm. at a certain age, because I think there gets to a certain point where it's more difficult, but, um, it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, I, I love it. And if you just want to talk to me about it, you can find me on Instagram at Let it flows poet. Um, or you can just go to my website, which is right to And um, it'll redirect you to letitflows.com because that page doesn't quite exist yet. Um, and then just click on heal and you can register for a workshop. But if you DM me or email me at letitflows at gmail.com, I'll be happy to talk about my workshop and talk to you and see, what, you know, if, if I can help in any way.
0: Awesome. And uh... I'd love if you would share a prompt or a cue that someone could get started with their own writing to heal if they're feeling so inspired to Mm. write right now, if you have that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'll just come up with something right now. One of my favorite things to do is to go on walks. Mm -hmm. So what I would recommend is if you'd like a good prompt, Find a nice notebook, a nice pen that you really enjoy. Um, I'm pretty sustainable, so I like to get (laughs) good ones that are, you know, paper that's been recycled and all that good stuff and that I feel confident with. Um, Go for a walk. I tend to walk barefoot, especially if I'm feeling a little off emotionally. And just start to take, and don't take your cell phone, just take your notebook and your writing utensil if you feel safe. And just start to tune in to like the sounds that you hear tune into your feet, how they feel on the ground. And if there's a park that you feel safer doing that in or on the grass, and then just sit down and write down how you feel. Mm -hmm. And it sounds silly. And maybe you might think this is stupid. I don't really feel any particular way. Um, then maybe write about the sounds, write about the flower that you saw, a color that really stood out to you. And then just allow your 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 subconscious mind to just take you where it wants to take you and just keep writing uh for maybe five, 10 minutes, who knows? But again, the time doesn't matter because you don't have a phone with you. Fill up a whole page. And then if your hand's not too tired, if you're not used to writing, you might get cramped. Mm-hmm. Uh just kind of stretch your fingers out and then try to fill up a whole new page. Don't use any punctuation. Um, don't care about how things are being spelled just write and just start that way. Um, And then as far as really specific prompts, I have a nice long list. So if you want a prompt, definitely just get in touch with me or different prompts, get in touch with me. And the ones for my workshops are typically creative and visual and Um, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you guys a lot to,
0: uh, unpack. I hope this ignited whatever it needed to ignite within you and we'll see you next week on the show. Have a beautiful day. Thanks again, flows.
1: You're welcome.
0: (laughs) This podcast episode was recorded with the intention of opening up the dialogue around suicide ideation. For those of you that may be Uh, having thoughts like that as flows so intimately shared, uh, knowing that there are practices and resources to pull yourself out of that. As she mentioned, once she was able to say, you know, I I think about killing myself sometimes, how that really took away that deep feeling and that deep desire, Uh, another and and not forever, right? But it, it created some space for her. And Although she may not identify with suicidal, but has these thoughts, right, and differentiating between are you going to act versus do you have these thoughts. It's a very complex and sensitive subject since the recording of the episode, like I mentioned, uh, I've lost a friend to suicide. And I think that this is just really important to understand some of these warning signs, some of the tendencies and you know the ability. If you're in the struggle, being able to ask for help, and if you know someone that uh, is going through this, being able to recognize these signs, you can get certified uh, in in mental health first aid. Uh, one of my loved ones was struggling, and that was the first call I made was to a, to a friend of mine who was certified in mental health first aid, and just asked her like, "What do I do?" Um, so whether you're thinking of of making that decision or you have a loved one in your life. If you have a loved one in your life, being able to recognize those signs, and if you're contemplating this, knowing how many people, even if it doesn't feel like this, even if you feel so alone, that love and care for you so 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 deeply, and that would do anything for you to help you get the support that you need and uh i I say that with my whole heart, you know it's devastating to receive the news that we had gotten and Uh, This particular friend had been on a challenging journey the past several years. um, But I would have, you know, if I would have gotten that phone call, would have figured out who to who to call and who to help. So many nonprofits, so much support from the mental health awareness arena and, uh, you know, coming back to some of the basics of self-care practices, um, tapping into your faith, your belief system, your purpose for being here on Earth, being alive. Uh, is so, 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 so critical. We live in certainly some challenging times. Uh, You know, personally, I face this on a regular basis where there can feel overwhelm or anger. And, uh, you know, I really do the work to move the emotions. I do the work to heal this past trauma, so much trauma. I mean, I could write a book on my traumas and I know every single human could. So uh, we take this very seriously and thanks for tuning in. I hope this episode was supportive and, you know, opening opening, you know, a portal of something that if you're struggling with, maybe you felt like you couldn't even talk about it. And, and maybe you will find out that maybe you're not alone in in that. And uh, if you are contemplating that decision, uh, just knowing that there there is help, call, call someone that you need the call, you know, and uh, there's a lot of life to live. There's a lot of potential and hope and change and opportunity and shifts that are available to create the world that we all want to live in. And and that's what gets me up every day. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Much love. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Lila Life Show. Be sure to share, like, and comment. Tune in next week. And if you're not already a member of the Lila Life Collective, you'll want to be. So take a look in the show notes and be sure you sign up today. Have a beautiful day.